Edify means to enlighten, encourage, and uplift individuals intellectually, morally, and spiritually. And that's exactly what our Edify podcast guests do as they share practical wisdom on living our faith in public. I'm Scott Landry. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for joining us on this Edify podcast. With me is Rusty Reno, the editor of First Things. Welcome, Rusty. Pleasure to be with you. So many of the listeners of the podcast are familiar with First Things, but not everybody. Whoa, wait a minute. You're telling me not everybody is familiar with First Things? And it's the most influential journal of religion and public life in America. Um, Tell those who don't know about First Things, or maybe a refresher for those who are, uh, the purpose of First Things, how often you publish, things like that. We were founded to be a voice of religious people in debates about the future of the United States. And we've been publishing for 30, more than 30 years now. And we come out monthly in print, and we run a website, firstthings.com, which provides fresh content every day. So I would say that we were the most effective voice for religiously faithful people who want to have their voices heard in debates about not just about politics, but also about the future of American culture. In the last 20 or so years, it's been notable for me how often uh, an article appears in First Things magazine, and then I'm at dinner somewhere, and people are talking about that issue, that First Things articles have an ability to frame discussions. What have been some of the key uh, topics you've been covering in First Things over the past several months? The I was very pleased to see that Senator Rubio gave a major talk a couple of years ago where he used the term common good capitalism. And this notion of common good conservatism or common good capitalism is something that we floated in our pages in the year before that. So it's always good to see um, the influence filtering to important figures who are trying to think about a new future for for our country in terms of economic policy. And that's important, but we also recently published a very powerful article by John Finnis, an eminent legal scholar on the Constitution and abortion. And he argued that the uh, abortion laws that allow abortion should not be considered constitutional, that in order to protect the life of the child, that the unborn child has a constitutional protection. And I hope that that's influential in, in our ongoing debate about, um, about abortion in the United States. One of the big things in uh, political movements across the world is popular populism. And you've done an Edify video on, is populism good or bad? What are some of the reasons populism is growing in the United States? Things don't work for more and more people. If you look at statistics on whether young people are making more money than their parents did at age 30, sharp decline over the last generation of the percent, and now we're below 50% of 30-year-olds that are making more than their parents did at the same age. And that's just a sign that although our economy works well for people at the top, it does not work well for people, not just at the bottom, but in the middle. And we combine that economic disenfranchisement with a growing cultural disenfranchisement. You know, all this uh, uh, hubbub about 
um, patriotism and the flag and whether our country's based on slavery and these sorts of things, that really reflects the preoccupations of what I call the university class, which maybe is 20% of the country. And they're imposing their preoccupations, their misgivings, their fanatical phobias onto the general population and depriving people of their proper sense of patriotic pride in their own country. So the imposition of alien values and an economy that does not work well for the middle of the middle of our country, that's what's driving populism. One of the other things in First Things recently, one of the other topics has been uh, the reshaping perhaps of political coalitions, which uh, lead into political parties, where there's a reaction to these elites, this university class, imposing their values on the rest of Americans. Uh, President Trump appealed to a lot of that, uh, anger and frustration with coastal elites telling people in the vast middle of the country uh, how to think, what to do, uh, how they should live their lives. How, how do you and First Things and some of the other uh, authors in First Things see that reshaping happening right now across America? Well, it is, it, it's, we see from uh, how the voters have shifted. I mean, it's not, it's not a, a, um, uh, an avalanche, but there was a, I mean, he won in 2016 because people who had voted for Obama switched to vote for him. And, and that, that switch came among alienated working class voters. And, and what we are trying to do at First Things is trying to provide leadership to this dissatisfaction. Because as, as a Christian magazine, we're not, we're very uh, influential in Catholic thought. We were, I, I would like to think, um, at least a Catholic magazine, but we're not only a Catholic magazine. We have Protestant and Jewish writers as well. But religiously minded people have a concern about their fellow citizens. And so a kind of libertarian, individualistic mentality, very much part of our country's tradition, can never become over-dominant in a religious um, magazine like ours. So I think we're uniquely well-suited to sort through some of these issues and provide leadership to some of the frustration and anger that's driving these political shifts in the United States. Sometimes I hear young adults, maybe they're around 30 years old, then they look back on their college education and they're like, I was promised to be taught really how to think about public life in our country, but I felt like now in hindsight that I was just given propaganda. Um, first Things is a great opportunity to catch up on all those things perhaps you wish you would have learned in college. What, what, what do you hear from young adults who read First Things? There are two aspects. So you, of course, touched on one of them, which is the feeling that they've been ill-served by their education and that there has been a, um, the censorship has deprived them of the full breadth of the, uh, the Western inheritance for thinking through the problems of the present. And part of our mission at First Things is a recovery and pre uh, per perpetuation of cultural memory. So young people are very grateful for that. But the second thing is that they are also um, dissatisfied with the status quo um, politically. And so we are, and you see this with this rise of interest in so-called inter integralism. <clears throat> and 
at first things, we take that dissatisfaction seriously. It's different from the, it's a parallel to the voters' dissatisfaction, but it's an intellectual dissatisfaction that the political and the, the political philosophical parameters of our political discussion in the United States over the last 30 years has become too narrow. And we need to entertain new and, and more fundamental ideas about the future. One of the biggest problems in America today that I'm sure a lot of our listeners to this podcast are concerned about is uh, the divisiveness um, in the country. And I've heard you speak and write about solidarity as the solution to a divided country. And we as Catholics, because solidarity is one of our essential uh, doctrines or teachings within Catholic social thought, can really play an important role in bringing America back together. Please share a little bit more about that. Well, I think it, that's the case, that solidarity is what we need. We're facing a crisis of solidarity, and that is what is leading to the fragmentation and, and the distempers that are running through our body politic. But we have to be careful here. Solidarity is not inclusion or it's not agreeing to disagree. It's not tolerance. The, I would call those, there's an element of face-to-face um, relations. You can't dialogue your way to solidarity, to use that buzzword. Instead, solidarity is a shoulder-to-shoulder where we're united in common projects or even more importantly in common loyalties and common loves. And this is where you have to recognize that a lot of what drives um, elements of what I call the university class is this idea that they're very hostile to shared loves. And, and so, you know, you have, we, have to, we have to be able to, to do, say two things at once, to be very fierce in our opposition to what's destructive of solidarity while being very, uh, very articulate about what a capacious American patriotism or what a capacious American uh, common project might be. We can only scratch the surface on these issues in this podcast. I'm sure our listeners will want to learn a lot more. Where can they uh, learn and watch uh, and see uh, First Things podcasts and articles? If you Google First Things, it's the first thing that comes up. And uh, you can come see us at firstthings.com. Great. He is Rusty Reno, editor of First Things Magazine. Rusty, thanks for all you do and your team at First Things to help edify Catholics and non-Catholics so that together we can edify America. Well, thanks for having me on your show. We hope you enjoyed this Edify podcast episode. One great way for you to help us reach more people is to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you.